Hello, Mama. Welcome. Thank you for being here. You've tuned into Matrescence Awakening with Kieran Lee. I am your host, Kieran. If this is your first time here, welcome. Thanks for stumbling upon this little podcast of mine. And if you're a returning listener, I so appreciate you. Thank you for coming back again. This episode, (laughs) I wanted to kind of run down some things that I have been moving through since the start of the year. So for context, it is the end of May when I'm recording this and I've been moving through a lot of really big things. And when I listen to people talk about spirituality or healing journeys or figuring their shit out or doing the work, I'm always thinking, what does it actually look like for you? Because it feels like such a lofty concept to say, just do the work, just figure it out, just sit with your emotions without actually having any sort of understanding or awareness of, well, what actually is that? What does that look like? And so I feel like I'm moving towards the end of some big stuff for myself. And so I thought I would just jump on here and kind of share what my process has looked like. Now, this isn't the right way to do it. If you do it differently, it's not wrong. If, yeah, yeah, I just want to really make it clear that there is no right way to do this. I'm just going to be sharing my experience, my journey, my tools, and what that has looked like for me to give you a little bit of an idea. Maybe there's some inspiration that you can find in there of what you might like to try. Maybe it makes you feel less alone if you're at a certain part in working through some things. But I just wanted to kind of put it out there and hope this is really supportive for you as you understand yourself more in this season of matrescence because it is huge. There's a lot going on. We're doing it while trying to be a mother and do all of the life things. And these things can take time. So like I said, this kind of started in at the end of December for me was really my breaking point and it is now the end of May. So nearly six months, I would say six months um, for this, you know, little period of uh, my process to unfold. And I've kind of broken it down into different stages just for ease of this story but please don't think that this has been a linear process. It is not a linear process. It's not like you're in one stage and then you're in the next stage and then you're in the next stage. This has been a bit of a meshing and a merging of all sorts of things coming together. But it was really quite interesting for me to reflect back on how I was feeling over this last six months and what I was feeling at different stages. And I have actually been able to break it down into three kind of sections. Now, they overlap, they merge, they're entangled, but there is a little bit of a a pattern and a theme um, for what I've been moving through throughout the months. And so let's jump in. I'm not going to get super specific about what it is that I was experiencing and what I've uncovered and, and things like that because, you know, I don't need to share absolutely everything (laughs) and I really encourage you to choose what you share and and who you share it with and do that really consciously. But I will give you some context because that's always helpful. So at the end of December or throughout December, I have actually spoken about this a little bit in an earlier episode called, um, what was it called? It was about understanding your loneliness and learning from your loneliness. 
But December for me was a really rough time. Um, and I would say at the end of December, I really got to my breaking point. I was dating at the time on the dating apps. It was Christmas time. It was just a really tough period for, of, for me where I had previously put expectations on myself that, you know, I might be in a relationship by Christmas and it didn't happen. And I kind of allowed myself to get really swept up in what that meant. And I could kind of feel it happening throughout December, but I didn't feel like I was able to pull back from that. And that really kind of impacted the way that I saw myself, um, the way that I thought about my worth and it got to the point of in at the end of December where it was like this breaking point of a lot of things culminating, but that probably being the biggest driver looking back. And so at this breaking point, I just kind of said enough is enough. My health had been neglected. My skin was really bad. And if you've listened to my episode on my healing journey with rosacea, you know, that's um, can be really linked to stress as well. So my skin was really bad. I wasn't looking after myself. I had done a couple of breathwork sessions that really highlighted some underlying things that were coming up because of what I was experiencing. And it felt huge. It felt really big, really heavy. It was like snotty, wailing cries sort of time. And my friends had just said, like, you've lost your sparkle, you're not yourself, what's going on? And so I got to the point where I just said, that's it, enough is enough. So this is kind of the period of time that I call the disconnect. I was disconnected from myself, like really disconnected from myself, but I also had to go into a period of disconnecting from the world to start bringing that connection back to myself. So I had to stop and I had to slow down. So what this period of time, probably throughout January and, and February, I cleared so much stuff out of my calendar that didn't have to be in there. I was really, really um, conscious about who I was spending time with and how much time I was spending with people. I completely stopped dating and I actually haven't dated since it's been really important to me to not get back to that place and knowing that that is a really big trigger for me. It is not something that I want in my life right now and I have no desire to kind of delve back into that dating world anytime soon. So really just pulling back on anything that might contribute to me feeling overwhelmed, um, out of touch with myself, not prioritising myself and really just coming back internally. Now, I didn't necessarily continue to dig or hunt or look for things that needed healing in this time. It was just a matter of like the work here was stopping. <laughs> that was the work. I made sure that I did really nurturing activities for myself. So things like spending time at the beach by myself. I would spend evenings and I would run down to the bookstore a couple of k's down the road and I would just spend some time browsing the bookstore and then I would run home. I went to meditation evenings at Buddhist temples. Um, you know, if I would catch up with friends, it was always super chill, super relaxed. There was no pushing myself. There was no challenging myself. It was literally just like 
you need to stop, slow down, and nurture. I really started to prioritize movement in my life. So I was doing Pilates, yoga. Um, I've also been doing boxing. So lots of different movement, but without being like, you have to do this for your health, just really focusing on what is making me feel good right now because that's what I'm welcoming into my life. I've been so disconnected and felt so out of touch with myself that this period needs to happen before I can start bringing in more awareness about what I need to do to heal, what I have kind of been exposed to a little bit. First of all, I need to stop and slow down. So I allowed myself to do that. I took the pressure off having to do things and really just looked what what makes me feel good right now and I'm going to prioritize that. I started writing a lot. I started doing morning pages. So that is um, a concept out of The Artist Way book by Julia Cameron. You write three pages of stream of consciousness every morning as a bit of a brain dump and it allows you to also start to see patterns in your thinking. And when I first started doing this, I my mind was racing from the moment I woke up. So when you're writing stream of consciousness, it's literally just putting whatever pops into your mind. So it, mine would often start with like, oh, I'm so tired. I didn't sleep well last night. I've got so many things to do. Like, just it's it's not groundbreaking <laughs> but it is really powerful in starting to see like i said those patterns but what i did notice was that my mind would spend half a second on a thought before it would jump to the next thought and it was like this steam train from the moment that i woke of halfway through a thought and then another thought would pop in halfway through a thought and then another thought would pop in so i wasn't even allowing myself to stay focused and present on one thought before another one would race in and take over. And we talk about, you know, feeling overwhelmed in motherhood and God, like, I know I wouldn't be alone in that. Just thinking about how much stuff is constantly racing in our mind, constantly rattling around up there without us even realizing it. And that was really quite confronting to start to notice. Like I couldn't even write you know, three words before my mind would be racing off to the next thought. And that is part of the power of this morning pages is it starts to teach your mind to slow down. And she really specifically says you need to be handwriting. This isn't about typing because when you're typing, you can move a lot quicker. When you're writing by hand, you are kind of forced to slow down. And yeah, I really felt that come in from just doing that practice. It does take a lot of time, um, anywhere from like half an hour to 45 minutes for me. Um, And I didn't make myself have to do it every morning. I tried to prioritize it, but I was also really kind and gentle on myself. If I got to bed a bit late or I didn't sleep well and I just felt like I couldn't get up early and do it, or if I was feeling frustrated by the girls interrupting me, you know, a lot of the time now I can kind of welcome them into that space. But it took time for us to learn how to have that time together in the mornings where they would be happy to just kind of sit with me and allow me to do that. 
And the more that I told them that it was a priority for me and why, the more they could kind of get on board with that and they were happy with just with those quiet snuggles while I did that. So it definitely hasn't been, you know, perfect in me doing it every single morning, but I would say most often, more more mornings than not, I would really try to make time for that. And that's something that I have still continued right through now and plan to kind of continue doing as well. So... After a couple of months of that kind of period of disconnecting from the world, so I could try and build up a little bit of that um, self-love again, I felt ready to start some exploration. So I call this phase kind of like the awareness phase. I needed to now go inward deeper into these things that had come up for me. And I felt like I was at a place where I could really learn from it instead of just getting lost in the victimhood of it. So I started seeing a psych. Now, really interestingly, I haven't seen a psych or had a desire to see a psych for a long time. I saw one um, for a couple of sessions after my first daughter was born, so that's about five years ago. I kind of had about five sessions, I think, or maybe six And by the last couple of sessions, I was kind of like, oh, I don't really know what else to talk about. I I feel fine. I feel good. Kind of felt like there was maybe more there, but I didn't really know how to articulate it. And every, you know, when I go to the sessions, I kind of didn't really know what to talk about or what I wanted help with. And this is in absolutely no way to say that psychs aren't worth it or that they're not necessary because they 100% are. But that was just my experience. And so I kind of carried that going forward of like, well, I really enjoy doing somatic work because it allows me to access things I might not necessarily have the words or the concept to be able to grasp. But I know that it's being held in my body because the body never forgets. And so that has just been my mode, my chosen mode of kind of moving through these things really, really somatically. But I had felt really drawn to and called to see a psych because there was things there that I wanted conscious awareness over. I wanted to understand it from my mind rather than just moving it out of my body without having that understanding of what exactly was there. And so I started seeing this psych. I'm someone that really loves to have like big, deep, crying snotty sessions when I go to healing appointments because that for me means that I've accessed something. That for me means that I have hit on something that I am holding a lot of emotion over that is obviously holding some meaning for me. And after like the first two or three sessions with this new psych, I hadn't yet cried at all. I'd been fairly composed the whole time and I'm thinking like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this guy. Like I haven't even cried yet. What, you know, what is going to come out of this? But I have been to more sessions and I'm pleased to report that I have (laughs) ended a couple of sessions with tears, which is awesome for me because if, you know, I'm paying the money for it, I really want to be getting stuff out of it. (laughs) Oh dear. So he 
has helped me access part. We did some um, inner child stuff and he's helped me access some some stuff that I didn't realize was there that has been really, really insightful and really telling for me. And there's one particular word that has just brought so much of what I have been feeling and experiencing and the way that I show up. It's brought so much light to the way in which I respond to things. And that's felt really, really big. It's felt super insightful and it has brought a lot of awareness that I didn't realize that I needed. And so with that awareness, I knew that. So I had that conscious awareness, which was great, but I really felt like I then wanted to somatically release it. And so I went along to a breathwork session with the intention of really bringing this up and into the space for me to be able to release it. It was a huge breathwork session for me. I released a lot, a lot of anger, a lot of sadness, um, and it was really healing. The support that I received during it was really healing. And so in um, an episode I released um, a couple of weeks ago, it was around how to kind of figure out the type of support that you might be needing. Um, And I was talking about, you know, seeing a psych or seeing uh, other um, practitioners, more of that somatic release. And I did mention in there that if you are seeing a psych, it's usually best to do that before you receive coaching from me. But actually, I wish I had had a bit more of a conversation around that in that episode because it is really quite nuanced and it depends what you're moving through, the type of healing that you need because sometimes seeing a psych and having other support as well can go really good hand in hand because they're both doing different things. They're both providing different insights and different awarenesses. And so it's not always a matter of just having to do one and then the other. I know for me, I know myself really well, and I know that I actually needed both of those things. And so if you are considering coaching, but you are seeing a psych, then please come and just book a free 30-minute call for me. The link will be in the bio and we can chat through what is going on um, because it depends on what you're working through as to whether I can support you in conjunction with or whether it would be be better to wait until after, just depending on your and your next um, situation and scenario. So there is a lot of nuance around that. And so I wanted to share that just for me, because for me, I feel like I need more than just a psych, but I know that I'm not dealing with huge trauma that I'm holding on to. It's just about understanding things that have been created as beliefs from my childhood. And this isn't about, when I talk about inner child healing stuff, I just want to be really clear that when you do that kind of work, it is not about blaming anyone. It's not about blaming parents or your, your care providers from when you're a child. It's about understanding that everyone did the best with what they had, but your beliefs have come from somewhere and it is now your choice what you do with that. When we talk about healing generational trauma, generational stories, generational beliefs, it has to start somewhere and it's big. And if you fill up for it, you have the power to be able to start to do that. And it's not going to look like a perfect process and you're going to mess up. (laughs) It's going to feel big and heavy, but you can do it. You know, it's got to start somewhere. And 
when I had this one particular word come up in my psych session about the way that I show up, I saw the way that it impacted me in my mothering and the way that I responded to my girls in moments when I felt triggered and in moments when I felt frustrated. And since I've had that awareness, I've been able to soften. I haven't been able to stop it completely, but I've been able to soften and I've been able to see it for what it is rather than it being something that I feel like I have no control over. And it is going to be a long journey for me to continue supporting myself in that way so I can try to change the patterns for my children. And, you know, yeah, that is big work. While we're trying to figure this out for ourselves, doing that whilst we're also trying to parent, it is all big work. So just please have compassion and and kindness and self-love during this as you're kind of uncovering these sorts of things. Okay, so what else did I do within this awareness? So I've been seeing my psych, did the breathwork session. I also stopped listening to self-help podcasts. (laughs) I stopped seeking information. I stopped trying to find someone that could tell me what to do through their story and their information. So, you know, just a little invitation for you that I get the... I get the um what's the word I'm looking for the the entertainment of you are listening to a podcast with me sharing my story and maybe you might get some insight from that but also do you feel this is supportive or do you feel like this is just adding to your overwhelm of things that you feel like you have to be doing and that you should be doing I just got to a point where I couldn't retain it and I would start to feel really annoyed and frustrated at people sharing their story of overcoming these big things and triumph and and personal growth. And I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, like shut up with your stories. (laughs) So really check in with yourself. Where are you? Are you just constantly seeking? Are you constantly in the external? Stop it. Yes, that even means pulling back from my podcast and my content. If that's what you need, I really want to encourage that because you are the expert here. Your body knows what's going on and what you need. And if you feel like you are just consuming too much, constantly looking for external answers from someone else, and it's feeling all too much, all too overwhelming, you're getting annoyed by it, pull back. But if it's helpful, Continue to keep seeking and start to pay attention to the little words, the little breadcrumbs, the little things that intrigue you that you might want to learn from or find inspiration from. But don't think that it has to be, you know, that one way. Just take the inspiration, take what works, take what resonates and really trust yourself to leave the rest. I was really kind on my body and my mind knowing that it's processing a lot of emotion right? There is a lot of emotion and it feels really, really draining. So previously I was prioritizing movement and exercise, whereas now I felt myself starting to pull back from it. And sure, you know, movement and exercise always good for our mental health. But at the end of the day, my energetic body felt so tired and so drained and so exhausted that I felt like I needed to prioritize rest. I needed to rest my physical body whilst my energetic and my emotions had their time to take up the energy that they needed to take to take up. I was tired. So I moved my morning alarm later. Or even if my alarm went off and I didn't feel like I could get up, I just allowed myself to stay in bed. 
I didn't make it mean anything. I didn't make it mean that I wasn't doing the work. I didn't make it mean that I wasn't dedicated or disciplined. I didn't make it mean that it meant that I was going to have a shitty morning. I just saw it for what it was and that was that I was tired. My body was tired and I allowed myself to be in that space. And I spoke to this in an episode about um, understanding the complexities of know better, do better. And I spoke about a period of time where I was staying up way too late and I did kind of beat myself up for that a little bit. And then after about a week or so, I kind of just saw it for what it we what it was, and I was like, "Girlfriend, like it just it is what it is. Don't make it mean anything. Just slowly start to change." So, if you are in a bit of a period of time where you're telling yourself that you should know better, you should be doing better, and you're really beating yourself up for those things, and I really encourage you to go back and listen to that episode on the complexities of know better, do better, because I really do speak to that, and I hope that might provide you with some of that self compassion that you might really need right now. So. That was kind of in that awareness stage. I had to continue to pull back from external, a little bit similar to what I did in that kind of first disconnect stage. And I just want to mention as well, in that disconnect stage, linking it back to that episode I did about understanding your loneliness and learning from your loneliness, I felt like I had to be lonely in that period of time. After that breaking point, I had to be lonely because there's things that I had to recognize and and realize in that moment. And then when I moved into more of that awareness stage, I was able to go into that deeper excavation. I was able to actually start to seek support. And that's a big thing. Like seeking support is so important. You don't have to do this alone. I really encourage you to seek some sort of support if you do feel like you're wanting to understand more about yourself, bring in more awareness. Now, as we kind of move into May, I feel like I'm more in a bit of an integration stage. I call this kind of stage the emerge stage. This is really about starting to understand the patterns from the things that I have uncovered, understand how it's showing up in my life, really start to be conscious of when I feel that being triggered and then starting to ask myself, is this truly the response that you want to give or the thing that you want to do or is this being triggered by that feeling that you had in childhood? Because if it's just because if I'm changing the way that I'm showing up because it's being triggered by that feeling I had in childhood, it's really, really important for me right now to not let that influence me to recognize it and say, hey, I see you. I feel that trigger of that emotion coming up. But actually, you know what? I'm here writing a different story. I'm not going to allow that to keep me playing small or to dictate my life or to influence what I do with my time because now I get to be the driver. Now that I recognize that story, now that I recognize that emotion, and now that I know the things that trigger it, I get to choose differently. If I didn't have that awareness, I can't make that choice. So there has to be that awareness there to be able to make a different choice. And now I'm in the stage of integration where it's like, okay, I get to choose now. Is it perfect? No. Do I sometimes still let it change the way that I do things? Yes. Do I let it hold me back? Yes. But am I going to continue to let it do it? No, I just recognize, okay, that has been triggered. Now I feel like 
I'm not quite at a place where I can do the thing, say, for example, maybe pitching myself to another podcast or submitting a a guest, um, like a written guest article to something. Okay, I'm feeling a little bit triggered. That feels a little bit challenging. I'm just going to allow myself to sit with it. I'm going to allow myself to really connect in with what's the worst that can happen. I'm going to allow myself to connect with the feelings and the emotions of once I have submitted it and what that can look like on the other side, the joy that that can bring on the other side, the excitement of being able to collaborate with new people, what it can actually bring to me in my business. I'm going to connect with those things first and foremost if it's still too challenging to just say, oh, I'm just going to do it, right? So I'm starting to see how I can work with this, but not let it define me, not let it stop me. So in this period of time, I'm also seeking um, support for my nervous system. So I've been seeing um, uh, an incredible lady, uh, Carrie Rigoni, I think her name is. She provides support for nervous systems through um, the vagal nerve, vagus nerve. (laughs) Is me butchering it? I think it's the vagus nerve. Um, all linked to vagal tone. So this is like related to your nervous system, how regulated and dysregulated you are. And she is incredible. And I feel like this has been a long time coming. So more support for my nervous system to allow me to show up differently in my mothering and to also allow me to um, continue to grow and be seen not only in my business, but just in my personal life, because I'm really at a stage where I want to be challenging myself. This stuff is all really challenging. I want to experience new things. I want to be pushed. I want to feel like I need to step into a brave place. I want my courage to be highlighted. And because I have allowed myself to sit for the last five months with the deep dark, heavy things, I'm at a place where I feel like my body, my mind, my spirit, my emotions can handle showing up from a brave place, can step into courage being my driver. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. Even recording this podcast, this is something I would not have done at the start of my podcast journey. I started my podcast with just doing interviews because it felt too scary to do solo episodes. I've since started doing solo episodes, which was really, really challenging. And now even stepping it up a little bit further, talking really, really specifically about me and my journey and my healing journey, there would have really been a story previously that you know, who am I to talk about this? Who am I to think that people want to listen to this? Who am I to think that I have the voice to be able to share these things? And this is like, it is really challenging. I am pushing myself here. I am forcing myself to step into that brave place because I want to, and because I know that it's supportive and because I know that is what is going to cause me to grow. I'm not going to grow if I continue to allow myself to sit in that place of victimhood with my emotions. And mama, (laughs) here's a little truth bomb. You won't either. If we allow ourselves to just stay stuck there, we're never going to change. We're never going to grow. We have to go through this process. And I I hope you can really feel where I'm coming from in sharing this. It is not to try and put blame on you for not doing things that help you grow. It is just to highlight the fact that there is a process there and you might be at different stages of your process, but you can move through it. It is possible to move through those things and come out in a new space. But these things take time. Like I said, this has been going on for me for nearly six months. And this is why I really, really love coaching 
in six months, for six-month containers with my clients because we get to the end of three months and I feel like there's just starting to be some momentum in that emerge sort of phase or in the awareness sort of phase and then we end things. But when we've got that longer space to play in, oh boy, we can go really deep and things start to change. And anyone that's offering like a quick fix or a quick win or yeah, just trying to rush the process, it's really, really not supportive. These things take time and it can feel like within this period of time, over this six months, yes, there has definitely felt like there has been wins. And there's definitely been times where I felt like I'm stuck and stagnant. And there's definitely been times when I wish I would be able to grow faster or have more awareness or, you know, just go really hard at these things and be over it and be through it. But that's also not the way to move through things. That's also not really supportive. It's about really starting to learn to trust what your body is saying, what your body is asking for you. Because if you're in a period of time where you're needing to disconnect from the world and nurture yourself, and you're actually going really hard in trying to understand awareness, it's going to be like pulling teeth. It's not going to work. This is why it's so important to really trust yourself as the driver of your healing experience, to really show up from a place of sovereignty in knowing that you have the keys to your own kingdom. You have the information, you have the wisdom and the knowledge to know what you need. You might not like what you need. You might not want to do it. It might feel too challenging. You might want to do something else. Your conscious mind might be like, nah, let's ignore that or let's do this instead. Let's just continue to put our head in the sand. But, you know, at the end of the day, we all get to make choices. And what choice are you making? Are you choosing to listen to your body and just allow the timing and trust the timing of that process unfolding? Or are you trying to force something that doesn't need to be forced? So when it comes to choice, there is something that I really want to highlight here. And it is, you know, I have over this time, so I've been seeing a psych, I've been, um, I've been to breath work, I'm having that support for nervous system. And I know that all costs money. And I am coming from a place of privilege where I can spend that money, but also I really make a choice to prioritize that. And I am really working on at the moment in amongst all of this, my relationship with money, my money mindset, because it hasn't been great. And it's something that I really want to change. And I was listening to a podcast episode a couple of days ago. I've only just started listening back to podcasts um, around, you know, self-help and personal development, development and those things. I probably took like I reckon at least a month and a half off listening to any, and I listen to quite a lot because I do, for anyone that doesn't know, I do have a couple of days a week where I um, do domestic cleaning as well as my coaching. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of audiobooks. And when I wasn't listening to the kind of self-helpy kind of ones, I would just listen to like fun, sugary stuff like Shameless and Call Her Daddy and Armchair Expert and The Inspired Unemployed, right? Just really like sugary, fun stuff that I could just zone out to. Does that mean that I wasn't doing the work? No, that was probably just as much a part of the work as actually going and having big snotty crying sessions with the psych. 
But coming back to that, that spending of money, um, I was listening to this podcast around um, money stories and she said something that really landed with me and I would love to kind of share it here in this space with you. And it's about the language that we use around money and saying the phrase, I can't afford it or it is too expensive is really damaging and detrimental to our money mindset and to the relationship that we have with money. It's a really, really negative thing to say. And so instead of saying that, start to say things like, it is not a priority for me right now. So that is not saying that we can't afford it, but it is, it's a really different um, energy and um, space that it is coming from. It also really starts to put more onus on where you are prioritizing spending your money. And so for me, I would love to be going out and having, you know, a brand new wardrobe and eating out every weekend and going on holidays and those sorts of things. But it is not a priority for me and my money right now. I would rather shop secondhand at op shops. I would rather not get my nails done. I would rather have a night at home with girlfriends rather than going and eating out all the time. And yes, I could fall into the trap and say, it's too expensive. I can't afford it right now. But actually, my priority isn't there. My priority is in my healing right now. And that means that I have to pull back in a lot of things. But it made it feel so much more supportive for me when I really, when that, when she said that, and it really landed with me in that's a little bit what I had been doing unconsciously. But just to have that conscious awareness around, okay, it's all right for me to not have all those things that I might necessarily want because they feel, you know, they would make me feel good. The the quick buzz of spending money, <laughs> that little dopamine hit of the bing <laughs> as you tap and go, not thinking about the numbers going in and out of the bank account. So I'm going to just really start applying that and being a lot more conscious on where am, where is my priority right now? What, what am I prioritizing? And I just really wanted to share that with you because I have shared that I am seeking a lot of support and I know the cost of living right now, it, it's just really, people are really feeling it. And if you're feeling like you are in a place where you need to seek support or you want to seek support, really start to, um, I guess, yeah, just have a look at that and see if that can be supportive. And are there things that I can pull back from that aren't necessarily a priority? Is it a priority for me to go and buy those new clothes or is it a priority for me to go and seek that support? Now, I mean, obviously, if it's, is it a priority for me to put food on the table or go and pay for support? Like there is no doubt about what's more of a priority or is it more of a priority for me to pay for my kids' school fees or to seek support? Like, of course, this isn't about putting guilt and shame if you are really feeling the pinch. Um, But just, I just wanted to offer that, that if yeah, there are things that you can pull back on that aren't necessarily a priority that might kind of help you with that if you are really seeking some support. So just to do a really quick recap on that, it is not a linear process. Please don't think that the way that I've broken it down has been linear or that, at, at you know, at December at my breaking point, I was like, okay, now I've got some healing to do. I know this is going to be a bit of a process. Okay, I'm going to move into my first stage, the disconnect. I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to move into awareness. No, there has been absolutely 
no conscious planning about what this process is going to be look like. It has literally only been on reflection of typing the notes for this episode that I was like, huh, interesting. There really was that process there. And I've kind of had an idea of this process anyway. I ran a group um, program last year where we kind of really moved through something similar in, in that you know, disconnecting, connecting with yourself, bringing in the awareness and then emerging. So yes, like that is a flow that will often happen through healing, but it's not something that you have to sit down and plan. You know, if you're getting out your planner and you're being like, okay, so for the month (laughs) of May and June, I'm going to be in in my awareness phase. I'm going to do these things. Just trust, just trust that you are going to know what you need when you need it. So not linear, trust the process. Allow yourself to be guided by your own inner wisdom. Allow yourself to be supported if and when you need the support. Allow yourself to pull back. Really, mama, just please, if you get one thing from this, it is about trusting, trusting whatever you are moving through, trusting that you have the the power and the ability to do it, trusting that you are really brave and powerful in your crumble and your tears and your snotty cries and your screams and your frustration you're in your power there. You've hit on something. Access it. Allow yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to move through it because we don't want to get stuck and stagnant. So if you are seeking support and you would like to connect with me and chat more about my energy coaching, um, oh, that I guess that is one thing that I haven't mentioned. I mean, it's throughout all of this, it has been things like my writing. I have been putting on music and allowing myself to dance. I have been doing my energy coaching. I have been sharing with my energy coaching mentor um, community. You know, so there's lots of things that happen day to day that are a part of this that have been weaved all all through all of this process. Um, So there's been a lot of things kind of all working together, which, yeah, I guess that's important to mention as well. But if you're looking for support with some energy coaching and you'd like to journey with me for either three or six months, if you're up for a big six-month journey, I would so love to welcome you into my space and support you. I really love seeing Mama step up into the brave space of honesty, self-reflection, awareness, taking self-responsibility. And I love, love being there to support that and guide that and and witness that journey and that transformation unfold. So if you'd like to connect with me, come and um, book a 30-minute free connection call. The link will be in the show notes. I would really love to connect with you. And if you have found any sort of wisdom or advice that you have really loved from this, then please come and share with me in my DMs. Please rate and review this. Please pay this forward. If you know a mama who you think might benefit from hearing this episode, please, please, please share it with them. We want to share the love, spread the love. You know, what goes around comes around. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Big love to you. Until next time, see you later.